giant robot smashing into other giant robots. This is the Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast, where we explore the design, development, and business of great products. I'm your host, Chad Pytel, and with me today is Tarush Agarwal, the founder and CEO of 5X, the modern data stack as a managed service that enables companies to answer business questions without having to worry about building data infrastructure or bringing in the right data engineering team. Tarush, thank you for joining me. Chad, thank you so much for having me on the show. Very looking forward to being here and hopefully adding some value to your listeners. Yes, I'm sure that they will. I think many companies are either thinking about how they build the data infrastructure or think about how they leverage data for their business now. So 5X provides a, a path for them to do that. And I'd love to dive in. How does 5X, like I said in the intro, enable companies to get started without having to worry about building this infrastructure themselves or this team themselves? Yeah, totally. You know, it's a great question. Um, just to kind of zoom out for, you know, a quick second, the sort of data space has been really hot for a few years now. And you know, there's, this, there's this area of it called the modern data stack, which is really, you know, led by a few sort of vendors, uh, mainly around this concept of the data warehouse, reporting tools and modeling and ingestion. And, you know, this is really a new area for the data space, which has really sort of become popular. So you also have... You know, 10 years ago, you had Hadoop and Spark and all of these different data tools, which in general have become less popular. And the modern data stack movement is, is one of the big movements happening, right? So, you know, at a macro level, we have this new movement. If you zoom in, you know, this movement happens to be one of the most fragmented movements. So what that means is for each different layer, you have different vendors. And so even if you want to do something today as simple as, you know, building dashboards, you have to first ingest this data. You know, your average company has got 10 to 12 different sources. You need to put it in. You need to then store it. You need to model it. And then you need to do that. And then you can build dashboards. Well, you also need to make all the different choices about which ones you're going to choose at every level. Exactly. You have, you know, at each of these levels, you have multiple billion dollar companies today competing. So the thing about fragmentation of the space, and you know, I think data along with maybe DevOps and security are probably the most fragmented spaces. The thing about fragmented spaces is they're great for you know extremely savvy customers. You know, think of large tech companies who have 100% data teams, but for 90% of businesses which want to get value from data, it makes it much harder. You have to sign multiple contracts with these vendors, architecture, setup, security. So what 5X very, very fundamentally is doing is, is we're business focused, right? We allow you, you know, in a, in a month or two, you'll be able to go into 5X.com and your credit card and you'll have business analytics that out of the box, right? And we can, you know, help you make some of these decisions as to what are the best vendors for your price points for your use cases and give you an end-to-end platform so that you aren't worrying about signing these bills and sort of, and sort of setting it up. Your focus on your business outcome and your business use cases. Where did I happen to know? But because <laughs> I I did my research for the episode, but um, you were at WeWork leading data at WeWork, right? Yes. So I imagine you faced this problem <laughs> and saw this problem firsthand, right? You know, I've been fortunate that I've spent my career in the data space, right? So back in the day at Salesforce, and now. Uh, and most recently at WeWork, and 
companies like this in general are aggressively hiring and aggressively growing these teams, right? So, you know, at WeWork, we have 50 people working on stitching together the platform and, you know, finding the best vendors and being involved in that. So at WeWork, we were really focused on building our own version of the platform. I think what's interesting is, you know, ever since I left and especially, you know, over the last 24 months where the sort of startup space has become so active, you know, I'm still getting pinged on LinkedIn like every day or two with, with sort of companies looking to get started. And over a period of time, you see the trends that everyone is, you know, reinventing the wheel, right? What do I do first? You know, what's the first use case? What, you know, what infrastructure do I need? How do I set this up? So the idea of this really came less from WeWork, you know, where we had the team and the expertise. It came more from you know, the other 90% of the companies that don't have the resources that we work at, at least at that time. So what do your customers of 5X typically look like then? You know, is there particular industries or data needs or on the tech side, on, on the development side, what do their development teams look like interacting with 5X? That's a great question. And, you know, at a, at again, at a macro level, data is a global phenomenon, right? It's not industry specific. Now, different industries have different requirements, right? So obviously in consumer, you know, what you need to collect, how you need it, the tools and infrastructure you need are quite different from a B2B business. So, you know, there is this concept that, you know, for each vertical, what stack makes sense? And that's, again, something, you know, which we can do. Typically, our customers have found some sort of product market fit. You know, they have a business and now they're looking to go scale the business, right? To get to either entering growth phase or an optimization phase or a sort of profitability phase. And each of these phases, data plays a sort of vital role. So they're at this point where they know that, you know, they want to get value from it. They might even have, you know, a sort of data team, four, five, ten people. Um, and they're really, they sort of might have figured out their first use cases that have the, you know, have the base and dashboards. And, you know, inevitably they sort of come to this question of what now, what do we do now? Right. So, you know, that's, you know, one large sort of vertical. And then the other one is they want to go do it. They, they sort of want to go invest in data, but they have no idea how to do it. And in that case, they're looking at us, not just for the platform, but we also have this concept of on-demand talent. So today we're interviewing thousands of data engineers a week. Uh, we get to hire the top one percent, and we pre-train them on the end-to-end stats. And then, you know, companies can integrate these these engineers, you know, at a weekly level or or, or like completely on demand, and use that to go build out the dashboard. We had never thought of replacing data teams for companies, but it's really interesting to see that you know some of the early stage companies are are using our platform and our on-demand talent to like literally do end-to-end data as a service. So. At 5X, you're, you're actually providing those team members, those consulting services? Yeah. So, you know, we look at it less from a consultant point of view, right? Like, you know, a consultant typically would go and you have a statement of work and it's going to be a three-month project and, you know, it might be a fixed price. And, you know, sort of inevitably, they're looking to, they, look, they don't work with hundreds of thousands of companies, at least not, I mean, not a few of them might. But in general, we work a little bit differently, right? So... We have this concept of on-demand talent. So, you know, we have these engineers who we hire and we pre-train them. And we essentially build software to basically, you know, allow people to add these engineers 
on top of the platform and sort of use them. So they work in one week sprint cycles. You know, it's fully on demand, right? So you can mm-hmm. have uh, a group of engineers for one week, and the next week not have that. Right? And, and typical consultants don't work in that way. Like we don't really do like statements of work and where it's going to happen. Uh, but these, you know, these these engineers are sort of put in together put into these things what we call pods. And a pod is about three engineers and a product manager. And they operate on these one-week sprints. You can use this end-to-end team or this engineering pod to go build out your use cases, which is similar to what consultants and services model does, but we do it in you know more of a platform-first approach. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I've had some guests on before where they talk about doing consulting or or doing services on top of the recurring revenue platform that they've built or not doing it because it's not interesting to them yeah. or that their investors say like don't get into that TNM business time and materials business you want to focus on recurring revenue how have you balanced that in your business and you know the reality is is that it doesn't matter which vendor you are in the in the modern data stack space, right? You might be Snowflake, or you might be Tableau, or you might be Python or DBT. These are just the you know the sort of popular ones. Each of these vendors is just one small part of, of sort of of the stack. And what that means is that um, you know they don't have a services model um, for the investor is happy. But in reality, it's you know, because they don't have end-to-end stack exposure, you know, there's no company today which knows what your stack looks like, right? Snowflake doesn't know what your entire stack looks like. I mean, Snowflake can't really guarantee the success of an engagement because they're just one piece. Of it. And what Firex is, is, you know, we're, we're helping you sort of spin these stacks up from scratch, you know, for mid-market companies, you'll be able to map your stack, right? So you might have a few pieces, we can help you see what's missing. But again, because we have visibility end-to-end, you know, having that services model, if you want to call it, you know, makes a lot of sense because ultimately we're focused on adding business value. And no one's doing data for the sake of doing data. No one's doing it to build a 50-person data team. They're doing it ultimately to enable the business. So given that we have this end-to-end scope, we look at, you know, our on-demand talent as, you know, a massive value add of using the 5X platform is that you have this ability to get engineers end-to-end uh, which are pre-trained on the platform. So, you know, we like it a lot and we think it's a sort of competitive advantage for us. Mm-hmm. How opinionated is sort of the 5X stack, the default stack? Can you make a lot of choices within it? Are you using lots of different things? You already mentioned Snowflake, Tableau. So it sounds like you're choosing the things that make sense on behalf of your customers. Yeah, so, you know, for launch, you know, we're focused on the core BI stack, right? Which is ingestion, storage, modeling, reporting. And in this stack also we've picked the sort of best in class vendors, right? So Python, Snowflake, DBT, Preset, in some ways the usual suspects which which you sort of think of as you're looking at the stack. Now, you know, our goal and really what we're building is this program called the certified 5X program. And that's and that's for vendors. And that program allows us you know, to integrate with, with sort of different partners and do things like account provisioning, configuration, user management, a billing agreement, workflow setup. And, you know, as we integrate with more and more vendors, the idea is to really have, you know, a single home for, for the modern data stack. So 
in injection for now, we might be using five grams instead of 100 pound gorilla. But the idea is, you know, we're also talking to like portable and airbite and stitch and all, and, all, and all of the other vendors. So, you know, at some point, we really kind of pick and choose between any of them. So the idea is, again, there could be a sort of different staff for a company, which is extremely budget conscious. And if you're looking more for enterprise capability, you use a sort of different vendor in that same category. So ultimately, you know, we're enabling customer freedom. In the next few months, at launch, we'll have, you know, our, at launch, we'll have a, a sort of smaller selection. But as we get into Q4 and as we get into next year, you know, we have the next 10, 15 vendors lined up who are going to be part of the certified private sort of program. And that, you know, allows us to add more and more optionality in terms of existing categories. And then we also will focus on adding new categories like reverse ETL or data lineage or augmented analytics. I love the idea of being focused for launch, saying these are the biggest things that we need to hit. How long did it take you to get to launch? When did you start working in earnest on 5X and get to a public launch? We've been working on this since last June. So, you know, we're 11 months old now. Mm -hmm. What we really did initially is go build these relationships with these vendors. And, you know, the first thing we did is we started off more as a services business where, you know, we were, uh, we, we sort of built this automatic interview process where, we're in, uh, where we were interviewing hundreds of engineers a week and adding these engineers and training them on the platform. We would go set up the platform for the customer, you know, in a semi, in a semi automatic manner. So, you know, we have been operational, you know, we're probably working with 15, 20 customers at this point, but we did it in a sort of semi automated way. And, you know, over the last few months, we understood more and more, you know, what the needs are. We are transitioning to a platform first company instead of a services first company. Mm-hmm. So that, that means that you were able to be public and start getting customers fairly early on in your journey. It's only been 11 months since you started. And, and when did you get your first customer? 11 months ago. <laughs> so at what point did you find investors and raise money and start to build a team? We've been fortunate enough that um, we were producing revenue on day one, uh, just given right. the sort of services aspect of the business. So we needed a very tiny fundraise back in October, which is, you know, it's a very small amount. And now that we're getting closer to the platform launch, you know, um, oh, we sort of might be announcing something soon. What did you take money for if you were revenue generating? Was there something specific that, that caused you to take it and, and that it was for? So, you know, if you kind of zoom out again and look at, you know, this whole concept of building out you know, I think if we kind of focus on on sort of services and focus on growing that part of the business organically, there's no really need for that. But the idea now is, you know, having a twenty percent platform team, you know, building out these sort of integrations, you know, building out software for even things like board management, um, you know, hiring, you know, our main cost today is sort of engineers, right? So, you know, we raise capital to double down on the platform vision um, and become a platform first company. I wanted to tell you all about something I've been working on quietly for the past year or so, and that's Agency U. Agency U is a membership-based program where I 
work one-on-one with a small group of agency founders and leaders toward their business goals. We do one-on-one coaching sessions and also monthly group meetings. We start with goal setting, advice, and problem solving based on my experiences over the last 18 years of running ThoughtBot. As we progress as a group, we all get to know each other more, and many of the agency you members are now working on client projects together and even referring work to each other. Whether you're struggling to grow an agency, taking it to the next level and having growing pains, or a solo founder who just needs someone to talk to, in my 18 years of leading and growing ThoughtBot, I've seen and learned from a lot of different situations, and I'd be happy to work with you. Learn more and sign up today at thoughtbot.com slash agency U. That's A-G-E-N-C-Y, the letter U. So when it comes to building a team, I we're talking today and you're in Bali. Um, is that where you spend most of your time now? Uh, I wish I could spend more time now. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm pretty nomadic. Yeah. Which, which I really like. And I think we were born in COVID. Uh, I, uh, a fun story. I got stuck in Bali for two years. Uh, I came in a 10-day vacation and the world locked up. And not the worst place in the world to be stuck. And I'm very, very lucky that it was not somewhere else. So in general, we started building Pyrex while we were still sort of remote. You know, we have folks in 11 countries now. I spent six months of the year around America. That's a, a, where our clients are. We do about 80% of our business from, from American companies today. And then, you know, spent some time in India where our engineering teams are, you know, we're aggressively growing in the Southeast Asian market and Pyrex is a Singapore company. So, you know, we spent time in Singapore and you know, if I have some time, I can come back to Bali. But in general, you know, we are pretty nomadic and, and I think as part of our, our, our sort of culture and how we attract people, you know, one of our core values is what we call the Hamas value, where you know, if, we can't, if I can't build it or if the team can't build it, well, well sort of lying on a hammock in some part of the world without interested in, in sort of going back to, so instead of going back into, in going back to an office. With a fairly large time zone distribution of the team, how do you build a culture? You know, how, how do people work together? Are people shifting their hours or do you build a culture of, of working asynchronously? We mostly work asynchronously. Like in general, you know, the engineering teams are based uh, out of India. So, you know, engineers who are working on the platform are in the same time zone. In terms of our pods, what's really cool is today we hire in, you know, South America, we hire in Africa, we hire in Southeast Asia. It's a three distinct time zones, right? You have the Europe's, you have the Americas, and you have yeah, and you have the Asian time zone. And, you know, when we assemble these pods, and a pod is about three engineers and a technical project manager, we try and have at least two different time zones in a pod. So, you know, at least two of the engineers are in separate time zones, which means that for our customers, they have, you know, more around-the-clock support. They have more sort of hours where, you know, they can get work done, which is great for productivity. So what that means on our side is we have to get really good at like, you know, being able to communicate asynchronously. You know, we have all this flexibility. And, you know, with that, you know, in terms of accountability, the way we do it is we have daily uh, updates. Again, it's asynchronous. So you can send it videos that you did, you know, your video blocked by. At the end of the week, we do Loom videos to, you know, really share what you've done. 
we we sort of focus a lot on like agenda. And and Loom is a uh, is an asynchronous video sharing, right? People can record videos and, and share it with everybody. Is that what Loom is? Yeah, Loom. Yeah, sorry, I should mention. Yeah, Loom is um, you know a great video platform that allows you to screen share and. It's just a really cool, you know, screen sharing tools and, you know, being able to record these asynchronous videos and really, you know, ingraining it in, inside our culture. Like everyone in private you know, knows the importance of sort of sending these updates and agenda to for calls and sort of summaries and Zoom videos. So that's how we are able to do it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we've not struggled with, but dealt with at, at ThoughtBot is We've started hiring all throughout the Americas, all throughout Europe, Middle East, and Africa, and we've got team members all over the place. And we want to treat people as employees and give them full benefits. And And a lot of people want want to work for a local entity and have employment laws and everything, but it's a challenge to do that. Uh, we don't necessarily want to set up entities in every country. So one strategy is contracting. Another is to work with an international PEO or employer of record. How have you managed that? We use an international um, sort of agency which allows us to hire in any country. I'm not sure which the name of our platform we're using. Karen, our CFO, would know that. <laughs> but it, you know, it allows us on a macro level to be able to hire in all of these countries as you know, employees. Uh, as employees, uh, you know, we are figuring out the stock, the stock program. And it's also allowing us to give to give healthcare benefits and, and right. things like that, which we really want to sort of you know have for sort of for everyone. And yeah. you know, when it comes to our you know, the engineers on our network, you know, at the moment we're hiring them as full time contractors, but again, you know, we uh, we want to extend benefits to them and really in some ways give them that flexibility. Right? Like you want mm-hmm. you know to be inside a sort of local jurisdiction where you know we can have. You know, more healthcare benefits and integration with like local governments, you know, employee programs and things like that. Or do you want to take advantage of our culture and be more nomadic? And, you know, these are exciting things which we're sort of figuring out now as we sign up with some economies of scale around, you know, having this large enough thing. Yeah, that's great. And for what it's worth, that's the route that we've taken as well is to to work with international employer of record who actually employs people locally. And, and, you know, many people don't realize like you, you highlighted health benefits. A lot of countries have national healthcare, but it's really common, especially in white collar or tech industry employment there to augment that with supplemental um, insurance. It's not very expensive, but it is expected and oftentimes necessary to get the kind of coverage that you want to have. But, you know, I think the world has changed, right? And it's, you know, we're becoming remote first world. And, you know, the two areas which I, I believe is going to affect the most is, number one, you know, employment, and number two, education. You know, it's just a no-brainer that more and more companies uh, are going to emerge in the space of making it easier to hire remotely and provide benefits and in some ways build that operating system for, uh, you know, remote entrepreneurs. So I think, I'm not sure if the tools today are great. I think they, you know, they solve the problem for now. But I expect there to be a lot of innovation in the space over the next few years. Well, and I think that the pandemic has pushed that, accelerated that. There's companies now that are, they existed before, but the scale at which they're able to operate now, because so many companies have started to go remote and want to employ people everywhere, it's really driving that growth and investment in that area too. 
And as a result of that, there's going to be a lot of data <laughs> that these companies generate and need to get a handle on. So maybe they'll become customers of 5X, or maybe they already are. Yeah, you know, if you look at the last 10 years, right, I think the last 10 years were all about digital marketing. With search, with, you know, social and, and for advertising, it became very obvious that if you, if you don't have a web presence, if you don't care about what customers think, if you don't find ways to attract customers, they're not going to exist. And, and so 10 years later, you know, all, all those companies which didn't set up websites and, and they didn't figure out, you know, customer acquisition online, they probably don't exist anymore. You know, in the next five years, in the next 10 years, all of this gets a lot more sophisticated. And that's really where data comes in as a comparative advantage. So, you know, if you're not focusing on how are customers using your product and how do you personalize and, you know, being able to compare, you know, where you're spending money in terms of, you know, lead acquisition and get really, really optimized at it, you know, what you face is that it'll become difficult to compete because your sort of competition is getting more and more sophisticated. So, you know, a lot of the investment in this is really predicated on becoming, you know, more efficient at these core sort of things like go-to-market strategy, engagement, optimizing internal operations as a way to, you know, find efficiencies, which is typically, you know, what sort of technology is enabled. Mm-hmm. Especially small businesses or businesses that are just getting started. If you don't have experience with that, it, it can feel really overwhelming. And we talked about how 5X, by coming to the table with a stack, with a team that can help do that, that's great. And it helps solve that problem. Say that I'm a founder or a CEO, maybe non-technical, and I really am just getting started, but I have a have a big need. Like, how do I engage with 5X? What's the best way to think about that? And are there things that I might do as a founder that you would recommend? Hey, you know, I recognize you can't do everything, but do this and you'll avoid some pain later on. We have we have some customers today who use us pre-product, right? They don't have a product, they don't have any customers. So they have no data, but they use us because, you know, well, when they launch, they want to have the right tracking and visibility and uh, sort of report the metrics, right? So, you know, I would have never thought someone that early would ever sort of use that, uh, but it kind of makes sense that, you know, you want to have the right tracking at launch. Mm-hmm. The pros and cons, right? You know, I think, you know, the pros of it is, you know, instilling the data culture from day one. Data acts like the bridge between engineering and the business, right? It's, it's what connects the product from, from like, from like the business goal. So there is, you know, upside in, in bringing this on earlier on and, and sort of, and sort of building that and setting that into your culture. I think the flip side of it is that, you know, if you don't have product market fit, if you're shooting dots and seeing what works and in general companies at that point are running more on, you know, intuition and, and, you know, and trying different things to see what sticks and having systems in place, you know, at that scale, you know, very frankly, could also be unnecessary. And at that point, you know, if you're spending a sort of, if you're spending, you know, $100, you know, you probably want to spend 89 of them on like building out your product and, and you know, design and view of that. I think, you know, once you're starting to, you know, be able to acquire customers and that sort of shifts and, you know, you see that sort of data spending increase. So again, you know, we're obviously happy to help and our technical project managers have a lot of experience, 
you know, they're the ones who've been, you know, data leaders at those growing companies have, you know, seen, um, you know, businesses like Uber, WeWork, you know, Alibaba, uh, you know, top tech companies. They've been early data team members, so they've really, you know, been part of that growth. So they're good people to, you know, on the on-demand talent, you know, you have expertise over there from someone who's sort of seen this before. And, you know, a few of our early stage companies leverage these people more and more. But the sort of flip side of it is focusing on actually building an actual product first. I love that. I think that that's great advice. And so I assume that there are people who come and you, and your team or, or you start talking with them and you say, you're not ready for us yet. Yeah, we, we sort of have done that, right? We've sort of told folks that, you know, Google this, this, and this, and, you know, once you have this in place and you're about to go to market, you know, that's the right time to come engage. But at this point, you know, sort of honestly, it might not be the, the sort of best time for you to start thinking about that. Focus on improving your user experience getting new users, making the best product you can. Um, that's really great advice. I think the flip side of that, you know, I think, the mature, I think the problem, not the problem, I don't like that word. I think, you know, the mistake a lot of companies make is they actually get into it too late. Mm-hmm. The typical fallacy is like a founder is like, you know, we're sitting on this gold mine of data and, you know, we're just going to have a data scientist come and we just gonna, he or she's going to start generating all these insights and we're going to be a data-driven company. And the reality of Everything in life is things take time, right? You can have the platform on day one and you can have amazing engineers, but it takes time for you to really understand what's happening in your business. And initially, your data models are sort of changing because the understanding of the business is changing. Visibility into your data leads to asking better questions. And with asking better questions, you know, you start changing your sort of mental models of what's happening. Um, it takes three iterations, right, before your data models start to stabilize. And you know, what that means very, very often is that founders expect, you know, in three months that the, that sort of data is going to have a positive ROI and the output the business is getting from the data team is going to be positive. And that's not really how it works, right? It takes, you know, six to nine months. I mean, you'll have reporting in the first month, in the first two months. But as you move from reporting, which is visibility, into actually optimization and using that data and having insights, you know, we think of that as a three-quarter project. So, you know, number one, I think companies don't know that and they sort of expect that it happens much sooner. And number two is also that mindset around, you know, I'm looking at data to provide positive ROI within, you know, a, a small duration, which is also in reality not how it is. Tarish, that's really great advice. Um, and I hope people take it to heart. If folks want to get in touch with you or follow along with you or learn more about 5X, where are the, all the places that they can do that? So our website is 5x.co. Again, it's 5x.co. You can reach out to me at, at, at Tarish at 5x.co. Uh, we're also doing a lot of stuff on YouTube. Uh, we're doing a lot of podcasts to, to educate you know, on, on the data space. We make weekly videos on, on sort of different topics. So our YouTube channel, I'm sure you can just search for like 5 That's another great sort of way to sort of engage with us. Wonderful. You can subscribe to this show and find notes for this episode along with a complete transcript at giantrobots.fm. If you have questions or comments, email us at hosts at giantrobots.fm. And you can find me on Twitter at cpytel. 
This podcast is brought to you by ThoughtBot and produced and edited by Mandy Moore. Thanks so much for listening and see you next time. This podcast was brought to you by ThoughtBot. ThoughtBot is your expert design and development partner. Let's make your product and team a success.